TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 452, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Hey, this is Peter. Uh, I live in Hollywood. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, I have that the Party of Five reboot has been canceled at Freeform. For the five people that watched it, um, sorry. J.J. Uh, Abrams has just got three shows for HBO Max. One of them is called uh, Justice League Dark, and hopefully it's as dark as they say. That will be cool. Uh, another show is called Out Overlook, and then the last one is supposed to be a Shining spinoff. No, 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 no. Overlook is the Shining spinoff. Oh, That's the hotel. Well, what's the, third, the, 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 what's the third one? The third one is called Duster. It's an original drama set in 1970s Southwest about a getaway driver for the mob. And it's from Latoya Morgan, who's a Walking Dead writer, and J.J. Abrams himself. Woo! <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. That man never stays past the pilot. Um, he'll, he'll, write the, he'll co-write the pilot, take and, the money for EPing, and let her do the heavy lifting. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, next I have is the Mandalorian docu-series will de- debut in May. I guess there were people who wanted a docu-series for the Mandalorian. <laughs> or maybe or maybe Disney Plus wanted more content and there's a shutdown preventing that. <laughs> Correct. So they just like, what footage do we have? Put something together. Um, also because hey, of the locked... It worked for old Happy Days episodes. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will de- debut a month early because of the shutdown, because we we're they're out of content. So all the summer shows are getting moved up a month. Cool. Uh, God, God Friend and Me will end at season two. Okay. Yeah. That's a good thing. Not good. a surprise. That's a good thing. Is it a good thing? I thought you wanted the story to end properly. Well, I hope it ends properly. Uh... I find that highly doubtful, considering how everything ended. Well, it's pretty much turning into the whole, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Touched by an angel? No, the thing with the ma- the computer and the, and the guy from Lost. That we uh, oh, Person of Interest. Adventure. Yeah, it's pretty much Person, person of Interest? Yeah, what? it's pretty much Person of Interest with a, with a face weird to it. All right, Tom. <clears throat> Tom, you have news. Okay, I do. Disney Plus has added Stellan Skarsgård and Kyle Soller to the untitled Cassian Andor series, which I call Rogue Zero. <laughs> um, at Fox, they've renewed 911 and Lone Star. Uh, at NBC, Annie Alanis is leaving Chicago Fire. Peacock dropped the first teaser trailer for the Save by the Bell reboot. And we got glimpses of Mario Lopez, who is now coach A.C. Slater at Bayside High, as well as Elizabeth Berkeley. And then uh, John Michael Higgins is the new, the new principal. But they've, they announced that Mark Paul Gossler is going to return as Zach Morris and as an executive producer. And Tiffany Thiessen will appear in a few episodes. And finally, uh, Sony has said a first look. Anyway, Say what? That show must have passed me by because I have no investment in that whatsoever. Saved by the Bell. Dude, that was, it was on like for freaking ever. Yeah. Fun fact. Started I never watched it as... either. I 100% never watched it. I think we were too Start... old, Libya. I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen a single episode. Started on the either. Disney Channel is Good Morning Miss Bliss starring Haley Mills. Um, and some of the kids were actually in her eighth grade class. Finally, Sony has set a first-look deal with Bob Odenkirk and his newly formed production company. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get some more cool stuff from him after Saw ends. All right. You ready to start the shows? First yes. up, we're going to talk about Westworld. 
And this one was called Genre. And it was basically, I think I liked all of the episode that did not involve drugged out Caleb. If it was dealing with, what's the bad guy's name? Is it Sis? Sacra, Sokra, whatever his name is. <laughs> Sacre bleu. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. He's French. <laughs> and it begins with an S. Anyway, his backstory and his flashbacks were cool. It reminded me very much of that reminded me of Purse of Interest when the, you were doing the flashbacks going through the rings. I was like, oh, so Purse of Interest. And mm-hmm. I did really appreciate all that backstory. I thought that was great. But the Caleb genre stuff where it was supposed to be he was experiencing things as different genres of movies. They had the black and white. You had the romance. You had the action film. It just didn't play. It did not. I work thought it was kind of. I thought it was kind of interesting. I did not. I was over it very quickly. And face it, nobody plays drugged out like Aaron Paul. <laughs> uh, I know you watched it, uh, Peter. What did you think? Well, yeah, so I finally caught up on Westworld, and so I watched them all, the last three together, and uh, I'm really liking this season overall. Um, I think I preferred the episode before this one, but I would agree. I think all the stuff with Vincent Cassell's character was pretty interesting. I also liked the stuff, even though it was connected to the drug thing, I liked all the stuff with... So it's like Dolores and Caleb are on a train, and then she's basically... That's when she. That's when she's free, freeing their minds, as Morpheus would say, like in the Matrix. Basically, um, I thought every. I think yeah, I thought it was all pretty good. But I agree. You told me before that the drug thing was really annoying, so I went into it being like, "Ugh, this drug thing is going to be terrible." So like for that, it because you did that, my expectations were higher, so it didn't bother me like it did you. Um, but I still thought yeah. I thought it was. Um, uh, I still think it's. I think this has been a pretty strong season. Like I'm really, I'm really digging it. Uh, great. Fe- oh, go ahead. It feels like, and I, I texted. Well, I texted Livia on our group, our group text, and Allison answered back. It feels like this might be the final season because they I seem feel- to be kind of constraining what they can do, like. They're not going to be able to do anything after this. Well, I disagree. They're setting, they're, setting, they're setting it up. I feel like this is the second to last season. I think they're going to have uh... two seasons outside the park. And I think this was all introduction to what the outer world looks like. And then the real conflict will be the next season. Yeah, I would I would split the difference and say that I would say it's they have this season and one more season left. But I, I would not be surprised if the final, like, three or four episodes of the last season, take them back to Westworld. It's just for right. some reason, it feels like you go out, you establish the real world characters, and then it all comes back to the park. Like that, that feels like that's what would be the end. So that's what I'm thinking they're going to do. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might make sense. And they're only doing eight episodes this season too, instead of 10. Yeah. It's almost done. But actually I will say, I think it works well. I mean, every episode has been pretty tight. I haven't, I haven't, I mean, it was actually the drug thing. I mean, I feel like narratively all the episodes have been, have been moving everything forward. So maybe it's better to do eight. All right. If any, the, uh, go ahead. no, I read the varieties review of season three and they were not fans. <laughs> they just wow. thought that they, they, they changed everything that made Westworld unique and made it more of a traditional, you know, action thriller instead of more contemplative, you know, I mean, they just need to get over it because that's what, I mean, it's still philosophical. Yeah, it's still, it's still got a lot of ideas. I yeah, mean, it's still philosophical. Just because they're in the real world doesn't make it less. You still have the Android, or not the Android, the hosts and stuff. I mean, so. it'd be, and to be fair, I think that, I mean, obviously I wasn't in the writer's room, but I feel like when they were, when they were designing this show, it was either going to be, okay, and then eventually we get to different worlds or it was going to be now we leave and we see the real world. Because you you really, even though the show's called Westworld, I don't think you could have stayed in old-timey Westworld for the entire run of the show. Oh, no. Yeah, so you had to do, it was, yeah, it, it was either going to be like Future World or like the Samurai World. But actually, I think this was a good idea to be like, no, 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 let's leave the park. Like, so, yeah. Well, they- I, I think the that's... real the real world is future world. <laughs> <laughs> that's very right. true. Uh, uh, that's yeah. I, 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 I really like the show. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the payoff is going to be. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. It's looking extremely bleak, and I hope we're not going to get to the end of the show, and I'm just going to want to like blow my brains out after it's all done. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. All right, but let's let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Better Call Saul. And actually, let's start with Oh, Greg. good. Uh, this was the... This the highlight of this episode was basically like you finish the big episode where they're out in the desert and now they're back and what's the story what, what like how do they lie their way out of this situation so Greg what did you think um, well it was really tense so I like the uh, the tension that they created with um, with Lalo you know really Lalo. Tense. Yeah, really asking, you know, trying to figure out, okay, you, you know, your story really doesn't sit right with me. Um, but I guess I didn't, I wasn't entirely understanding the motivation of the character because, you know, here he is in jail. Uh, he he really wants to get out of there and, like, you know, go to Mexico and then decides all of a sudden just to, you know, uh, get someone to get him $7 million so he can get out of jail so he can, you know, go across the border and then right before he, you know, decides to go across the board, he's like, wait a minute, I don't like that story that, you know, that lawyer told me. So I'm going to go back and investigate and I'm going to look at his car and I'm going to look at the well, bullet. I mean, I think I, I actually think that works because in the business that he he's in, he can't trust anybody. He has to be paranoid because if he figures out that there's a plot against him, he needs to know. So, yeah, he could run back across the border, but he could be running back into a trap. So I totally understand why he did what he did. Uh, but, but the highlight of it, of course, is Kim. I was so sure she was going to get shot in this episode. I thought that I Lala was, was going to like oh, go be like, tell me the truth. And he was just going to pull the gun out and shoot her in like the leg. I, don't, I didn't think she was going to die, but I thought he was, he was going to shoot her to get uh, Saul or Jimmy to talk. Go ahead. I thought it was, I, on one hand, I can understand why they can, you know, why Mike concocted this story for Saul. But on the other hand, it's like, dude's got to know he's got enemies. And why drive a wedge between him and Saul? Well, I mean, because then how do you explain Saul getting out of there without any help? It doesn't work. No one would believe that Saul fought off all those gunmen. Without explain the whole reason he did it was because Mike couldn't explain Dude. his own presence. That's right. Okay. So never mind. Never why. mind. Although it was really interesting when Mike talks to Gus, and Gus basically says, "My allies are the ones who orchestrated the attack, but they don't know that I'm working Lalo." It's like, right. oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like you need a scorecard. <laughs> All of that was really good, but I mean. It gets messy if you're trying to keep track of who's on whose side and who knows what. That's the part that gets a little confusing. But And Kim is fearless for standing up to Lalo oh, like that. That was awesome. Except except for the fact that he's slightly infatuated with her. Well, now he is, definitely. He's <laughs> no, like, he was in jail too. Well, he thought she if was he... pretty, yeah. I mean, I think he only really was like, oh, she's really pretty. How did Saul, you know, marry up? so well like that was what it is but i think her at like her confronting him is really where he was like wow all right um but he she he and i think she actually gave him an idea which is she was like the fact that you can't trust any of your own men to pick up the money to bail you out of jail and you have to trust a random lawyer that you didn't even really know to go do it for you means that there's problems in your own house you need to go deal with it and he was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I need to go deal with it. So she just like Jedi mind tricked him. It was awesome. Uh, but I'm so, still worried about Kim because, you know, right before oh, yeah. happened, we find out, you know, she just ups and decides that she quits uh, the law firm. She quits. She Jason hated that. Job. She's hated that law firm for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, but she's always been she's always been wanting to be upperly mobile. You know, she's she's always wanted to. You know, yeah, but have... she's never been happy, and I think her comment was when she thought that Jimmy was dead, and she was, you know, and then she felt that 
relief when she found out that he wasn't dead, it put everything in perspective. And she really, even though you know, her ambition mm-hmm. to be upwardly mobile, it made her realize that wasn't important to her. Her happiness was more important to her, which was why she quit. Yep. So I'm not worried about her in that regard. I'm worried about her, you know, as far as hanging out with Jimmy and all his Jimmy. people. Yeah, that's the danger for her. Um, but anyway, let's move Mr. on. Mr. Friend of the Cartel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about 911. And this episode was the big, as, as Peter likes to call it, the big, uh, what did you call it? Well, they're big stunts. The big stunt episode. So the whole thing is the 911 facility gets taken over. And what I liked about this episode was that no one knew. They had cut, they put all these contingencies in place. So no one knew that the 911 facility got taken over. And the only clues they had was that... Oh, I forgot the lead woman's name. She basically tells Chimney, I love you. After last week's episode, she goes on and on about why she can never tell him that she loves him. That it's just, a, she, she would say it as a self-defense when she was scared. And so she says it to him, and it's like a code word. And he's like, am I being paranoid? What does this mean? How do I know if there's anything wrong? And he's like trying to talk himself out of it. He's like, do I know her well enough to know that that's actually a distress? So I actually liked the steps chimney went through to try to figure out that there was something wrong at the facility i like that more than anything else so uh peter your thoughts no actually i ended up i'm i am a big um actually i don't know if you've ever had this conversation on the podcast before but i'm i get very frustrated when people talk to me about shows that they watch and then they fast forward things they don't like that is like, oh, I hate that, so I fast forwarded. I can't stand that. I and, and I think that, I think that comes from being like a movie person, where I'm kind of like, yeah, just watch the movie. If you don't like it, it's fine, but you can't have an opinion unless you've watched the whole thing. So it drives me crazy when people will will be watching a show and then they'll fast forward something. And now I am guilty of that uh, because <laughs> I really hated this uh, this setup. I I agree with you. I like the chimney thing. I always like chimney and Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, I that's they're my favorite ship, I guess, as you would say. Um, but like, uh, I don't know. Like, I just I didn't care. I was just like, like I can see on paper, like, what if nine one one department? What if that department got taken over? Like, I, I could see how that could be a Ryan Murphy big stunt. Like, and then what happens? Like, I I get it. I totally get it. But. The villains are so terrible and, and cardboard. And also, I have been a little mixed about... Um, so Jennifer Love Hewitt has a co-worker who, who he basically didn't he meet... He didn't go on like a blind date on social right. media. And he got mugged and everything. But so we find that, out that he really got mugged because they wanted his ID. Right, right. Well, right. But weeks ago, we don't. We just think it's like a thief. We're like, oh, it's just he got scammed and he got beat up. And of course, you know, the character's gay, and so it's like a matter of like he has things where he doesn't want to say anything. And there was a part of me that was like, well, it's weird because even though the character brings it up in this episode, remember he didn't report it. He didn't report it. So in this episode, he's like. That's the guy. So <clears throat> that's the guy who did this. So then he has a he has a moment of a kind of shame where he's like, oh, my God, I should have said something. You know, look what's happening now. And that's a weird I don't like I do not think the show is trying to make us feel that the person who got beat up is a bad person. Absolutely not. But I I don't know. It actually, still felt like No, I, no, I actually disagree. I think part of the thing was. They were counting on his shame for not reporting it. And I think the point here is you can't let that keep you from trying to find justice. That was kind of the oh, point. Oh, yeah. you know what? I like your spin on that. That's a nice spin. Um, like, cause, <laughs> really a spin, no, but okay. I like, I, no, I like what you're saying there. That, that's a nice message of empowerment. and po- Because yeah, for me, I just felt like a sense of, of helplessness for this character. I was just like, well, now well, it's he- like... He just feels worse now because well, of yeah. everything. Like, um, like I, but I see what you're saying. Also, the guy who beat him up, 
he's a ter- I mean, I, I, look, he might be a very nice man in real life, but like, <laughs> but he, he's a pretty, it was a pretty bad, bit bad actor. I'm like, I'm not saying that we need to have a sympathetic bashing thug, but he's just not interesting. And so like, none of the bad guy, none of those guys, like, they're well, all to be just fair. So- Nine one one really doesn't make the bad guys interesting. They never have, right? Because it's not that kind of show. Yeah. I agree. Like the no, I totally agree. That's why nine one one is better when it's a you know it's a natural disaster. It is. It's something that is just like Faceless. this thing happened, and yeah. we need to take care of it. Like personifying it into a person and an actor. I just always feel like it. It's just very eye roll. I'm just like ugh, lame. I, I, it didn't bother me because. It was more like a natural disaster. It was more of a mystery. It wasn't about, is this guy's a good villain? It was more about, can Chimney figure out what's going on in time? I looked at it like that way. I see what you're saying there. I see what you're saying there. So, so yes, I was, I'm a fan of 911, but I was very frustrated with this episode. So, there you go. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this episode was about... Criminal uh, CI? Yeah, so, yeah, it was Nolan's old CI who supposedly is now clean, and they find her, and she's back on drugs. And and then Nolan's wondering whether to blame himself or whatever, and they're like, that's not your fault. Like, you did what you were supposed to. You got her in a program, you're done. Um, but now they need, she gives, as they arrest her, she gives them some information, and it's like, oh, we can take down this really big uh, drug deal. And Nolan ends up having to go undercover, which is interesting because usually he he's still a rookie. So the fact that he had to go undercover was like the the I guess the highlight of it. And you know the funny was, part about it is that they didn't even like try to disguise him. He looked exactly the same. He's supposed to. Be <laughs> well, I know, but they didn't like give him a wig or anything. Or, well, like, I mean, but the guy basket. had already seen him before, so it wasn't. It didn't make sense to change his appearance because. There was an episode earlier in the season where he had to save his partner because she yeah. had gone undercover, and so he all he did was put a hat on and was well, like, yeah, "That's at my least girlfriend." He was wearing a skull cap, looked a little disheveled. I he mean, a he looked like a bank oh, executive yeah, when he showed up this time. Well, the whole thing is he you was supposed what, to be you, able to you, buy the drugs. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know what, Libya? You know, you brought up a really good point, and I'm not sure if they ever made. <clears throat> I could be wrong, but I'm not sure they ever made the direct like head nod to the fact that he was the guy who like was like, get in the car or like whatever. Oh, like, yeah, no, they did. I, she says it. She goes, did. this is my old man. Cause she called him her old man last time. She was like, that's my old man. I got to go with him. And then this time then, she was like, my old man wants to do such and such. So yes, they did make the connect. Oh no. Cause I thought, I, I mean, I kind of know what you're saying, but I, I thought it was weird that, I don't know. I mean, I get, I, I, I glossed over it, but I thought it was weird that he would just naturally assume that this man is somebody who has all that money. When when he first met him, he seemed like a dirtbag, transient, junkie boyfriend. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how would he? It, he didn't make any comment to be like, "Where'd you get a million dollars?" You you know what I mean? Like, it it just seemed a little weird to me that the guy didn't question. That he all like you know what I mean like oh yeah I met you once but you seem like a drunky I mean a druggy blah 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 and now you're supposed to be this big player I, I don't know I thought it might have it might have been nicer if they did a little head nod to it in fact like I said I wasn't even sure what they were doing I was like wait it, didn't he meet him before anyway it's a small point but I, I thought it was a little weak I I'll just jump in here by saying. I've never not liked this show because it's, there's not, it's not, I don't expect that much from it. I mean, and that's not an insult. Um, I, I, and I think I've mentioned this before and I've certainly mentioned it off air. It is actually one of the few shows that I watch in real time. So for me, uh, I'm really just not expecting that much, but I will say this to me was probably one of the weaker episodes of the season. I, I, you know, they didn't, there was not a lot of forward motion with the relationships, except I think, I will talk about what I did like. I thought it was cute. They do not give the captain enough to do. I like the captain, but um, I thought it was really cute at the end where um, he was like, let's go for a drink, you know? And right. he's like, ooh, and food? Maybe food? And he's like, now you ruined it. Or like, you know, like, you I thought that weird. was- Yeah. Yeah, now you made it weird, you know? And, um, you know, it's a, it's an old joke and, you know, it's not particularly original, but it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I, I like, 
you know, I like Nolan's relationships with everyone, you know, including his the antagonistic relationship with his captain. It's kind of begrudgingly starting to the captain's begrudgingly kind of starting to like him and accept him. Obviously, that's what that scene was about. Um, and then like, oh, and then there was that like B story, C story about Chen being like a third wheel, which was completely uninteresting. Um, and um, again, it sounds like I'm being super judgy, but I, I don't expect that much from the show. So the episode was fine. But if I'm really, you know, being critical, I would say it was my least favorite, one of the least favorite shows of the season for me. Well, okay, then. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the opening funny bit um, wasn't as fun. wasn't nearly as funny as the American Idol audition. Well, I mean, come way. on, well, of course. Well, was the I was like, come on, they're not going to be able to do that every. every <laughs> Wait, that was, the American Idol bit was really good. And... Someone remind me what was the opening? What was the teaser? Uh, the um, opening was when um, they were trying to get a guy in jail to confess to stuff, and he wouldn't. Oh, right. And so they sent him back yeah. into jail, and then um, Nolan just happened to be in there. He and... didn't just oh, happen to right. be there. He was planted yeah. in there, yeah. Yeah, he's planted in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... I get I agree with you, yeah, totally. So the whole thing, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it was more like a, you know, a, a surprise trickster thing, not like funny, you know, right. or like. Yeah, well, let's, let's move, guys, guys, let's move on. Let's move on. Um. The episode was okay. We don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Roswell. And we haven't talked about it all season. Tom has been yelling at us to hurry up and catch up and blah, blah, blah. It's, it, it's been it's, good. It is not. It is not good. <laughs> I watched four episodes because you were telling me to catch up. And the first one was okay. But man, the sister that's back from the dead is annoying. I cannot stand her. And all the secrets everybody kept, all the relationships, none of them are working. It's like, yeah, it's not good. I, I, I'm definitely not interested in the show. I don't know. What, what it, tell, you tell me, Tom, what is it that you love? I like how they've re reinvented this show for... A, a different time period made the characters older added the ethnic twist i like the fact that these are probably the best the best acting ensemble on the cw and that includes the arrow shows because a lot of those people are very pretty but they're not very good actors i think you know th these even um the dude who used to be on vampire diaries he was terrible when he started vampire diaries but you know yes. after he did how many ever seasons of that he's pretty good now yeah, oh, you talking I mean, about I, Lockwood, no, the guy that used to be a werewolf? Nathan. Isn't his yeah. name Nathan? Right? Is his name Nathan? No, maybe no, it's not. No, he's he's the he's the he's sheriff's the doctor. Son. Yeah, he's the no, doctor. He's the, no, no, yeah. he's the sheriff. No, she's talking. Oh, he's no, talking oh, about he, the doctor. Oh, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, sorry, Tyler. Tyler. Right. Tyler. right. Yeah. He is. I will give you so, credit. He is better on this show than he was on Vampire Diaries. However, the main guy Max, who used to be on the originals is still terrible. He has not gotten better. He's he, well, here I'll say this. Maybe like the cowboy hat and the boots made him hotter. So maybe I think that like he's like a little bit of a better actor, but I didn't no. like him on the originals. I hated him on the originals and I don't mind him so much. And maybe because I, I like, like the him. I I don't I don't mind him as much. I think he's improved. I mean, Tom, did you ever watch the originals? I stopped after uh, they got they wrote Claire Hold off so. Oh. Okay. Rebecca. Oh. Okay. And you, I know, I know. I was really. I think everybody was upset when they wrote her off. But keep going, Tom, because I'm kind of in the middle between you and and no, uh, I, Libya. I, I like yeah. the fact that you know that they didn't just rush and resurrect him right away. That they've taken what five episodes to do it. So uh, and and the backstory about what happened with Michael's mom. You know that all works for me. The fact, yeah. <laughs> the fact that what's your face is completely nuts and self-centered, and then now she's actually being kind of nice. Um, Who's her face? Oh, Who the are you sister. talking about? The, the oh, sister, sister. That you, sister, Isabel. Sister, that you, she yeah, is the Isabel. worst actor on that show. She is god awful. No, I, I think, I think the sister of of the main character uh, is is worse. Honestly, I don't the know. resurrected. We could put the coin. I don't know if it matters. They're both yeah, really it, terrible. It's a close call. I'll jump in because I will say this. Um, I because I was a huge fan, 
huge fan of the original. And as you know, such, you know, we tend to be hypercritical, uh, you know, old fans of the new, new, new show. And I'll be very quick, Libya. I know you want to talk about season two, but I just want to give context. So I liked the first season um, well enough. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, so this is where I diverge from Tom as much as I liked, I really liked the first episode of the second season, but I actually don't like many of the changes they made. Like the arc they gave to the sister, the blonde sister, I kind of liked it when she was more, you know, witchy and, and kind of mean girly. And, you know, it, it gave her character, it's easier to act First of all, let's be honest, when you're doing that kind of a character. Um, so, you know, with with her less than stellar, I feel terrible saying this, but, you know, she's not as strong as an actress. So I feel like her her playing that type of role was easier for her. And I enjoyed it uh, because there really isn't sort of a bad person on like a evil. It's not that she was evil, but, you know, just whatever. Anyway, it gave more texture to the show. Um, I don't like as much that. Max is gone for so many of the episodes because I was really shipping them. But I agree, Tom. I read an actual article about uh, the one of the writer, main writer on the show, I think, actually wrote for the original. And she purposely said it doesn't seem realistic, you know, to have him just come right back. It's kind of doesn't give weight to him dying in the first place. So I agree with the choice narratively. But I feel like the show is a little lighter than I wanted it to be. But last thing I'll say is I do like the backstory. Uh, I don't, I normally don't like flashbacks, but now they're, you know, they got to go somewhere with this story. And so I do like the buildup of what did happen to their parents. Cause that was like a big deal, the th thread all through season one. So now they're actually telling us like, why did they get abandoned? How did they not, how did they end up in that cave for 10 years? And I like anything that smells of period. So like it, you know, not that it was particularly period piece, but I like that. So I don't, like the second season as much as the first, but I'm really willing to give it a chance. But I, I don't like some of the changes, but I'll still watch. It isn't a great show. It isn't, Libya. I agree with you. But it's it, this is what I say about shows like this. It may not actually be a great show, but it's still fun for me to watch, you know? So I don't, I don't mind it right now. I don't think it's a terrible show like you think so, you it's know? So, I mean, I, yeah, it's not great, but I, I, I'm with Tom. I think the other last thing I want to say is, by by giving the Michael backstory about what happened to the parents there, then it it opens up this whole kind of like conspiracy thing and the area 51 thing. And it, it kind of, you know, it, it becomes more than just the, you know, the relationship of the people and stuff. And I like larger kind of conspiracy kind of mystery kind of thing. So I thought that was nice that they focused on that. Mm, don't care. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the big caper of the kidnapped Fluffy Boy. Um, Not Fuzzy Boy, Fluffy, Fluffy Boy. boy. <laughs> and I love the training when they were giving Peralta training how to be like Kevin. That was pretty funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> so all, all of that storyline was great, even with Hope like riding on the top of the car. And he's like, it's happening. Oh, was... oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. I, I just think Andre Brower being able to show his funny bone after years of playing serious Emmy-winning roles, it just works so well. And comedy's hard. And he just, just fully commits, and he's hysterical. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's doing a great... I mean, you can tell he's having a good time. But the whole kidnapping and the dog and the putting the GPS and they switched clothes and... All the little, all of those things were way better. And then the B, the other plots were just, I like, not even need to be mentioned. It was just like, they were what's not the interesting B? at all. Oh, well, just the, the, the plots where, where, what's his name, came up with the, the broth that helps you oh, lose your muscles. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought like, you that was... that's so funny. No, but the other oh, one... <laughs> I thought you were literally talking about, like, bumblebees. I, I didn't quite, you were like, you cut out for a minute and you were like, bee plot. And I was like, wait, there were bumblebees? I was like, oh, what? No. I don't remember that. Uh, yes, no, I... Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Peter, you, you, you were trying to talk. Go ahead. No, the plot. I still no. I agree with you. the The main thing with uh, Cheddar was great, but um, I liked I liked the stuff with um, is it Santiago with Amy? The whole remember are they trying, trying to get the 
Oh, the the baby. Yeah, the that baby was still pretty story. funny. Oh, uh, not really. Also, I, I like that. I like that character, the guy who always likes Pilsner, and uh, at the very, he's like, "Will you marry me, Auntie?" <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was cute too. Yeah. I like that they brought him back. Like, yeah, uh, I would agree. The bra thing, I would agree that one. Yes, but I think the other two stories were pretty funny to me. Yeah, I I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be middle of the road again too. I again, I um I agree. I think um you know, the the thing I hack tip though for them to try. You know, I always talk about for a while they were focusing too much on just the captain and Jake. Um so they really are trying to give each of them all stories even if, you know, and sometimes in the same episode, but it might be too much. I think, you know, that third C plot because that's what we'll call the the broth one um, wasn't really necessary, you know. Um, I like any time that they humanize Rosa. I think that's funny, you know, and and sweet. It, they have to have some poignancy, you know. And yeah. when she when she you know admitted that she had bought the car- oh, carriage for her already, you know, and that's kind of you know blah blah blah. I, you know, that's heartwarming. And for me, the show is both things. So it's not just slapstick humor. I don't remember any lines. There's a part of me that's always like, oh, I really want to write this down so I can mention it on podcast. But I will say that Jake had a bunch of one-liners that like had me like giggling oh, out well, loud. Well, oh, one, yeah. of things, one of the things I really like that I hope they. I hope it pays off in the finale is that now we've had at least two episodes where Peralta is obsessed with Wario. Oh yeah. He wanted to figure out how to, how to win. He's like, no, 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 you kidnapped me. What do you just have to push? What He's is like, oh, it? You just have to hit the whatever button. He's like, wait, what is it? Like, like, he shouldn't be that fast for how big he is. Like, uh, because remember a few, a few episodes ago, there's something where it's a flashback where Amy's like, you know, and you're always playing video games, and then you you go, go back to him with playing Mario Party. He's like, Wario cheats. Like, <laughs> so I'm just hoping, I'm hoping they pay it off. I, I was like, oh well, now I got to see him play the game or something. Like, but yeah, I like that's that's a nice funny thing that they've been well, doing. Let's wrap that one up. I think we're all saying for the most part thumbs up. The main story was one of the better ones. Like that was that really made me happy. That was a really good episode. And Cheddar uh, is so cute. It is the cutest dog. Oh, I was like in the slow mo as as Cheddar runs, <laughs> oh. always, and then they do different <laughs> angles. Just do glamour yep. shots for Cheddar. All right, but let's yeah. move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows. And when I say we, I mean people other than me because I didn't even make it past the pilot. So you guys, we're in season two. What'd you think? It was good. I thought it was a good a good start. They they introduced uh, Haley Haley Joel Osment as. Is he Trevor or something? What's his name? Do you guys remember? Uh, oh, I for, no, I don't think it's Trevor. It's something else. But oh, I wish I could remember. But yeah, no, it's hilarious. But he basically, he's basically the new familiar. But then he gets killed, and then they have to go to a necromancer to bring him back. But of course, he's like a zombie. Like uh, no, I thought it was because the big going to what Yusin said about um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. What I think, Libya, of course, because you only watched the pilot. What I think you miss beyond the comedy that I know that's not your thing, but the show has a lot of heart because I really feel for Guillermo. Like by last season, I'm just like, oh my God, man, this guy goes through so much. And now it's like, there's another familiar who gets all the attention and clearly Guillermo is way better. Like, again, the show has a lot of heart like for that. So I thought that, yeah, no. So that was a very good premiere. Uh, Very funny. Yeah, you know, um, I, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the premiere was two back-to-back episodes, like half hours, right? You are correct. I did not see the second one yet, but you are right. Well, I've only seen the zombie one, but you can talk about I mean, you can talk about the second one, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure the character. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the jokes, I won't, here's what I'll do. I I will talk about it a little bit, but I won't tell you all the payoffs, you know what I mean? Um, and, And I'll just echo what, Peter has to say. Um, I said this last season. I think Allison and I talked about it as well. Um, if you're a fan of the movies, this is the movie. This is definitely, you know, good, you know, for you. I don't know. I said this last season also. I don't know how, you know, broad of an audience, you know, this can get. I think that, Peter, you're right. I think for me as well, it isn't just about the, 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 conceit of you know the the it's a documentary a real life documentary it's about vampires like it moves beyond that now i mean uh with with any good show you're invested in the characters more you understand their quirks you you either like them or don't like them um but there's definitely heart 
Um, and it's still like such a weird premise. And they really do a great job of emphasizing how weird it would be to have modern day vampires in very ordinary situations. You know, the, right. that juxtaposition of, you know, these are magical and evil and all these types of creatures, but they have all these mundane and very modern kind of situations. And so that humor is to me just very funny to watch. The second episode, since you already talked about the zombie, and by the way, I don't think Haley Joel Osment is going to be coming back. He was at the end of the episode, he's put in a basement to make license plates keychains. <laughs> which was hilarious hilarious oh shout out to benedict wong oh my gosh well we have to talk about this yeah you're right yeah 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 Yeah, benedict wong played the necromancer wizard guy and he had some random scottish accent which at first i thought was so bad but then i thought oh no this totally works i was like i do not know why this is Thing, but it's hilarious. That's all I needed to hear. I am tuning in now. That's all I needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, for real. It's, it's so funny and bizarre. And like I said, he commits to it. I mean, he, he moves in and out of the accent. It doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? It's just play for comedic effect. The second episode, and I'll be quicker. Um, again, this has to do with more heart. They, um, and, and but I love the callbacks. So they, um, they do a seance and they bring back their former selves. So when they realize that um, when you die, if you have unresolved issues, that there's probably a ghost version of you. So then we get to see all of the vampires as they were in their real life before they died. And that's all. What? That's funny. Yeah, yeah, no, and I won't give away that much more, but it's re- it's pretty funny, and then and then you know the you know hilarity ensues. But yeah, it, I thought it was a good it was a good uh, plot kind of device, and it was nice to kind of you know get an idea of who they were. And I thought the jokes were were strong on this one. Like I think the ability to kind of interact with your your own self um, was was really ripe for some like good humor. So I, I re- I'm glad the show is back. Um, I, I like, I thought it was a strong start to the season and I think it was, you know, it's just as funny right now as it was first season. So if you enjoyed first season, you should definitely tune in for season number two. All right, let's wrap this one up. So I'm taking you guys, giving it a thumbs up and sure. next up, we're going to talk about season two of Harley Quinn and I didn't even finish season one, not because I didn't like it. I actually did like season one of Harley Quinn, but, uh, Peter, what were your, what's, what can you well, tell so- about season two? Well, so season two, so far, it's interesting. Like, again, um, you know, last time we talked, Tom had issues with um, what he thought was a, a show because of the character that's kind of made for kids. And this show is obviously has a problem with profanity and a lot of violence and everything. Another thing that this show is doing is that they're pretty freely, like, killing off or sort of making unimportant major characters, (laughs) which I'm like, wow. So yeah. So the second season, there's been three episodes and they killed off the penguin. The, the Joker pretty much isn't the Joker anymore because he doesn't remember who he used to be. Um, Like, so her, her whole plan for season two is the, the town, the town of Gotham was kind of destroyed. So it's new Gotham and it's been divided up by the, the arch villains. So like, Mr. Freeze, Bane, uh, the Riddler. So she basically wants to take them all out. And I've been pretty surprised when she killed the, she, so she kills the penguin in the season two premiere. And I was really surprised because I was like, wait, he's dead? Like, I was just, I was surprised that they would do that. You know, I mean, I guess it's just their own take on the DC universe. And then on the other flip side is that the, the, I guess, uh, it's not necessarily the girl squad, but there's an episode where they go to a, um, they go to Riddler University and um, they have to pose as high school or not college, as college kids. And the best part is Clayface because Clayface gets to be like a like a like a sorority girl. And he's hilarious as a sorority girl. Um, but that episode introduces Batgirl. So basically we see Jim Gordon's daughter and then by the end she has the outfit. And then in the new episode that aired Friday, we they have to do a heist because they have to get a weapon from this museum and so they need Catwoman. Um, and I'm curious. I don't know who's doing the voice of Catwoman. I'd like to find out. But I've really, yeah, I've liked the humorous, like like what we do in the shadows that Houston was saying. I don't know how many people the Harley Quinn show is for. 
just like what we do in the shadows. But I think if you're into it, yeah, the second season is still very strong and the humor is really, it's, it's very funny and kite man is there. I, I really like kite man. Uh, oh, I remember him. He was from the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause kite man and poison Ivy are going out and now he wants to marry her. So one part of the episode, he's trying to get an engagement ring, but it's like, well, does poison Ivy actually want to get married and everything. So, but, kite but man it was pretty because, lame by the way, if I recall correctly. Well, that's the thing. He's, I mean, that's, he's lovable in the sense that he's, he's kind of like, kind of like on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, who's, uh, who's the one who always loves Peralta, who loves Jake, but he's nerdy? Yeah, I know you're talking about. Hey, what, I can't remember his name. Boyle? Is it Boyle? Yeah, it's Boyle. I would say Kite Man's sort of that for the, for the characters. He's the character that, like, he's not as cool as he thinks he is, but he really is just a good guy. You know, like, that's kind of what Kite Man is. But it's been good. I've yeah, I've, I've I've enjoyed it. So again, if you like, if you already like what they did in season one, then I think you'll like what they're doing in season two. And I've been curious. They haven't brought Batman back because we know Batman's not dead. But like, I'm curious if they're waiting for halfway to have him return because that's a big deal. Obviously, he's Batman. Like so. Um, but yeah, so it's been good. All right, um, Peter. Like, Brianna Cuoco plays Barbara Gordon. Oh, you know, I was going to say that, but I didn't remember her name. Yeah, it's so it's Kaylee Kuko's sister. Yep. Okay. No, no, but wait, do you know, did it say who Catwoman was? Oh, Catwoman? Uh, Sanaa Lathan. Wait, who is that? Um, African, or, uh, African-American actor. She was in Mississippi Masala. When was that her in Mississippi Masala? No, that wasn't her. Oh, you, uh, you, seen you ever her see Alien versus Predator? I think it was Alien versus Predator where she's on Antarctica and they're like in that maze. It's like that uh, underground uh, maze. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. She All was right. in Love exactly. and Basketball. That's that's like her big okay. her big huge breakthrough. All role. right, guys, we gotta wrap that one up. All right. Uh so Peter's giving that a thumbs up. Next up we're gonna talk about Motherland, Fort Salem. And this episode was just it was overall I would say it was good, but the beginning just was very much <laughs> There's a lot of just kissing and making out and sticking yeah. tongues out. 30, 35 minutes of tedium punctuated by seven minutes of of plot and An fighting action. and good stuff. The yes. fight scenes were awesome, yeah, though, you know, man. Yes, they were. I, I they, wanted, they, I wanted, I, oh, go ahead. They need to seriously learn how to balance these episodes because that first 30-some minutes was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, seriously? <laughs> And yeah. then, you know, the last two acts, we finally get some action and, you know, carnage and good fight scenes and whatnot. They, they got to figure out to find the rhythm of the show. And I watched the after show with the, the showrunner, and he was not impressive. You know, the cast member, uh, the woman who plays, is it a Ma- Abigail? She was impressive. He was not. <laughs> not not after show so? with a little bonus the extra they had on Freeform. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know they one. had an after show. I don't know that I'm interested enough it, to watch an after show, but I didn't know they had it's, one. It's not, it, it, not an after show, but just they had an extra on the Freeform app, so it was like a you know oh, two and a half minute interview oh, thing oh, or whatever. That's not a full but after he, show. Okay, he's a, yeah, bonus, yeah, he's, a, he's a pretentious bonus. git, and she was cool. <laughs> Got it. Um, you know, I, I will say this. The, the show started out really strong for me, strongly. And then... Um, you know, I think we all feel this way because Libya, you and I spoke too, but Tom, I agree a thousand percent, um, both in the overall pacing, but in this particular episode, um, I, here, I, I understand why it happened, you know, and I said this to Libya, um, you know, it, it, they, they tried to really emphasize and play it up all in one. I mean, it's not like we didn't know they were close and they were very, you know, romantic and very all hands on each other, but I think that they were trying to do that so that it would be more impactful and more emotional when she finally decides not to turn her in or have her, you know, brought to a place and kidnapped. Um, so we were supposed to kind of feel like, oh, you know, because we watched them, you know, being all handsy for, you know, three quarters of an episode. Um, and, you know, and I have less of an issue. I mean, not less. I have no issue with it being a, an, a lesbian relationship and, you know, all this PDA and, you know, whatever. Um, for me, I was more 
offended that she crashed a wedding, you know, and that she didn't have the the decorum to just kind of be a nice, polite wedding guest. I mean, you know, and, and she was literally called out by her superior. And, you know, if it were me, I would have just had her very politely escorted off the premises. I don't understand why she she let her stay. And then she was, you know, so like all of that was just I thought, ugh, you know, it, it didn't even really make sense. It's like if you are crashing a very prestigious not just wedding but like military event you don't just prance around like all proud that you've you've crashed a wedding that made no sense to me um but as far as like the action and all of that stuff yeah it was great and you know and we got to see the witches in action and you know whatever but i said this also earlier the we've you know the balloon in the mirror i'm getting a little tired of being scared of a blue balloon like <laughs> i would like i would really like to see the spree headquarters or the spree something or the, I thought you were going to you know, say my, maybe a red balloon next time. Yeah, maybe mix it up a little. Get me a red balloon <laughs> or, you know, um, I want variety in my balloon villains. You know, I don't know. But like for me, I, I mentioned this last week and it, it all ties in. I would like the show to expand a little bit, expand its world. We had an episode where they were at The Hague. We had that SEAL Team 6 episode, you know, on video. Like, I would really like, especially because the show reminds me a little bit, and this is the last thing I'll say. The show reminds me very much in this aspect of the 100 in in the, in the way that I didn't like it. The first six episodes, it's the epitome of my Buffy rule. The first six episodes were excruciatingly painful and it was mostly teenagers pawn at each other and you know this and that and love and blah blah and I thought oh my god I can't watch this and then it got great and it involved warfare and political intrigue and you know backstabbing and just all of that stuff so for me if the show would have not just a better balance of pacing but a better balance of of the teenage angst business versus the larger implications of you know the military and the fighting and the resistance and all of that then the show could really be great i thought it started out that way and now it's been kind of you know mired and muddied you know in in in, in a slower kind of you know focusing a little too much on the teenage stuff or the love lovey-dovey stuff i get i understand why it needs to be there but they've got so much that they could play with and on, on a larger scope and it would it could get really interesting the way the 100 Let, did as well yeah i'm gonna say let somebody else uh talk real quick before we move on was there anybody else who had an opinion about mother because i think you saw it greg and you hadn't spoken yet uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I had relayed pretty much the same uh, <clears throat> sentiment was that as the, the show was going on, it was just like it was just like kissing ad nauseum. I was just like, OK, uh, uh, the person can't even get their dialogue out because uh, somebody's got somebody's tongue down somebody's throat. It's like, come on, you know, can we can we move the story along? Um, but I thought um, <clears throat> and so but. And, and I was even getting to the point where I was getting angry. Like I could feel myself getting angrier because, you know, we were, we were, we, nothing was moving, you know, for a very, very long time until of course there was a huge payoff with the fight scene and all the balloons coming around the corner and the witches rallying and the whole thing. That was just really cool. Um, but I guess if I, if I look back over the whole episode, I think one of the most poignant moments was uh, the fact that, you know, Abigail, just is, you know, she's been trying so hard to get noticed and and uh, try to live up to her family. Um, oh, is that name. Abigail? Who's what's the redhead's yeah. name then? Who's who? The, there's three of them. There's the blonde, the redhead, and then the the God, what is her name? Her family name is the I forgot. It was the name of Bell the episode. Flower? Which... The Bellflower? Yeah, Bell, Bell, Bellflower? Bellweather. 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 Abigail Bellweather. Bellweather. Okay, so what's the red head kid's name if she's Abigail? I got him confused. The one who is upset because her, her boyfriend's engaged to somebody else? Yeah. Nobody knows her. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, what were you saying yeah. about Abigail? Oh, yeah. I was just saying, you know, Abigail's been working so hard to live up to her family name and she's really pushed herself and pushed herself. And she's really, really good. But and 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 she wants to get noticed. She wants to get that notoriety. But now she's realizing that it almost didn't matter how good she was because, you know, they're going to let her into the war college just because of her family name and who her mom is 
and the connections that she has. And so that kind of ties into, you know, a lot of people who have famous, you know, parents or, or siblings or whatever and end up changing their name so that they can, you know, try to establish a career on their own. And, and I don't, obviously I don't know if that's what she's going to do, but uh, it was just really, I, it's really going to be interesting to see how the character goes from here. Is she really going to continue to try to push herself to be the best that she can be? Or now is she going to say, well, is it really going to matter because, you know, I'm just, I'm going to get into wherever I'm going to get into because of who I am. Right. I think she's going to rebel maybe a little bit for a minute, but let's move on. Um, I would agree with everybody, everything everybody said. I was bored out of my mind for the beginning of the episode, but then I loved the end. So I'm still in. I want to see the consequences now that some people know that the girl who's a spy, what she is. So I want to see where that's going. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Black AF. And all of you should know what (laughs) AF stands for. And if you don't, look it up in the internet. Um, I was really thrown off a little bit because I didn't know what this was about other than people were talking about it. Um, And then as I was watching it, I was like, this is like Blackish. This is exactly like Blackish, except like more raw. Um, But I like the more raw part of it. Oh, you say, Tom. And you gotta say he's go he's going for it. <laughs> well, what's weird is I mean Anthony Anderson is obviously a better actor, so I well, like, yeah, but... yeah, I like Blackish because of that. But because they're on ABC, there's obviously things that he's wanted to say and do that he is wasn't allowed to, and so this show, especially the pilot, really shows all the things that he wanted to say on Blackish that they were like, yeah, man, that's too much. And so he's using this as a platform. But it's so strange because when they showed his closet and how his tracksuit and his shoes, and I was like, this is just like Andre. This is weird. Um, and they have more kids. And the wife is, she, she is not like Rainbow. She is, she's a little, she, she, she is not a good she's mom. She's got a harder edge. Oh, my God. She is just like. That that dinner that they were having with the, her friends got harsh. That became a crazy dinner. Oh man, that what, was so what's good. fascinating. What's fascinating about this show is one of the reviews I read, and, and the reviews of this have been really mixed. And most of them have pointed out that Anthony Anderson is a better actor than uh, than Kenya Barris. But what's fascinating is you couldn't have this show if Blackish didn't exist. Because it depends on the, you know, it's Kenya playing a fictitious version of himself, not unlike Larry David playing a fictitious version of himself. And I think it's a little unfair, all the people criticizing Kenya for not being a great actor. Well, dude, have you seen Larry David? He's not a great actor either. In fact, Jerry Seinfeld's not a great actor. You know, it's it's the premise of those shows. And especially the unbridled nature of, you know, Seinfeld, those people were terrible on on uh, Curb. They're even worse. And it's on HBO, so they're uncensored. So some of the rawness it just made me laugh out loud. Funny. Oh, yeah. Um, it's and he's going for it. I mean, the, the whole thing basically where he's like. Am I a coon? It's like, ooh, you could not go there. You could not go there on network TV. No, no, not at all. He <laughs> was it, saying stuff like, I was like, oh, so this is what Blackish would have been if he was allowed to make it the way he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Preach. So, so um, and, and having Steve, getting Stephen Levitan to play himself, you know, the thing about the cars. <laughs> that was crazy. That, that was crazy. crazy. Oh, man. That was crazy. And then so I like the gold I'm... chain. He kept talking about he needed to get rid of it. Yep. And then somebody was like, oh, I love your gold chain. And he was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, so Peter, fast. And, Peter and I also know the... you saw it, too. What did you think, real quick? Um, I thought it was okay. I, I would agree with what Tom is saying, um, that the Larry David Curb Seinfeld thing was like super obvious to me when it started, and it and, and to be fair, this is he, this is not the first. And it's funny, um, Catherine Reitman, who's been on Blackish, she is she is um, uh, who's the, what's the wife? What's the wife's name? The actress 
I don't know. Because she's been on oh, all oh, Rashida Jones. Yes. So she, oh, Quincy Jones' daughter, right? Isn't that who that is? I think it's Quincy. Yep. Jones. So yeah, her friend. That's Catherine Reitman, and Catherine Reitman, of course, has been on Blackish. Um, but she yep. she's done the same thing for a couple years. She has a show called Working Moms, and it feels like it feels like Curb Your Enthusiasm set off this thing where it's like all these people, some that are just writers and creators, some that are actually like Catherine Reitman actually is an actress, but she's a writer and stuff. It's basically they're it's like they get these deals to make shows about basically kind of their life and they get to be more raw because in theory they're not it's not really just a network thing um and like i guess i just feel like i've seen a lot of these now like post curb and i wouldn't and i totally agree with you tom uh, larry david isn't really a great actor either so i wouldn't think that that i wouldn't criticize kenya uh, barris for that um I, I just thought honestly the bigger problem i had was more with libius was it really feels like a carbon copy of a blackish in its family like design. However, um, I only saw the pilot and I heard that like halfway through the show kind of like goes in another, another direction and it becomes really strong. So I'm totally going to keep with it. So I'm curious to see where that, where that's going to go. But the pilot was okay. But I mean, of course I'm curious about it. I don't know, man. I really like the pilot. I mean, I didn't laugh. I mean, it, I, as, thought, I, I laughed a lot. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I was laughing a lot. I, I uh, laughed what a I lot. thought was really interesting was when the daughter's making this, the premise of the pilot, at least, is the daughter's making this documentary to get into uh, NYU, and her father has given her like a $35,000 budget yeah. and a seven person crew. And then she's just dogging him out, saying, hey, he created Blackish and Grownish and mixedish, and yeah, he's kind of a one-trick pony. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like the one-trick pony thing. I did think that was pretty good. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I will no. I'm definitely gonna. Oh, and it's funny too. They even have like they even have the daughter that they are. They're all they're afraid, afraid of. of. Yeah, I thought yeah. of that too. Yeah, I was like, the, That's yeah, weird. the evil daughter. Um, oh, I like the daughter who doesn't want her face shown, and then she basically he's like, well, you know you're the dad, so just sign this. Like, I thought that was pretty good <laughs> so we could see her. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't love it as much as YouTube, but I mean, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. So that's a positive. And it's on Netflix. So everybody can watch it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So. At right. our own pace. And <laughs> watch it your own pace. All right, that's, I think, I, me and Tom are at least giving it a thumbs up. And uh, I think you guys should give it a shot. And if you have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to sunkitpointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Stay safe. Later. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.